You may have heard early reports of success over the government's cybersecurity reskilling program, yet so far, of the 50 graduates, only one has found a new job in government using those new skills. OMB Deputy Director for Management Margaret Weikert says the reason for that, the rigid general schedule system. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about why making the government more agile by revamping the GS system should be the Trump administration's top management priority over the next year. He joins me now in studio with more. And Jason, only one of 50 people got a job. That's kind of like the tail end of the story we never heard. How come? It's amazing that here you have a need in government. People are are just begging for people with cybersecurity skills. You have this really, Tom, I'll I'll call it one of the, the highlights of the Trump administration's management agenda. Understanding that there's this need in government, short supply outside of government, and taking people whose jobs are changing because of the nature of technology, the nature of government, the nature of society, if you will, and saying, hey, we're going to give you new jobs. This is something usually only you see in the private sector, if at all. And now they can't find a job. And because, as Margaret Weicker told me at the uh, Imagination Nation ELC conference last week in Philadelphia, the, the GS schedule system, while it's well-intended and it's, it's, it's about fairness and hiring, there's this kind of old process, this rigidity that says you can't have a new job unless you apply for it. And then when you apply for it, there's all these other pieces and parts that, that come into discussion, like veterans preference, like, you know, the job has to be open for so many days and other people have to be applied and, and internal candidates first sometimes. So this whole set of rules that are stopping people who are now well-trained in need from getting those new jobs. Now, what's interesting about this is a lot of agencies have direct hire authority for cybersecurity skills. And that did not come up of why that direct hire authority is not being used. But at the same time, there's something to be said that 49 to 50 don't have new jobs yet. And it sounds like it might be, in some cases, a misuse of the veterans' preference program or policy, which is not quite as broad and comprehensive as sometimes agencies think. It's really hard to say why. I mean, Margaret Weikert did not go into those details. And one of the things I did ask her is, well, what can you do about it? And she said, listen, Jason— it is a big priority for us. We know it's a, it's a challenge. It's all about the agility in government, and, and we have to get there, and we have to bring the government into the 21st century. So she really doesn't know what they can do at this point at OMB level about the whole issue? I think they have some ideas, and I think that there is an opportunity here. Uh, if there's one thing that Congress, I think, can get on board with, Tom, is this idea of, of revamping, updating the general schedule system. I don't think there's any love for this. And, and you have to wonder, you know, she spent a year as the acting OPM director— as, as well as, you know, DDM, so right. she was kind of dual-hatted. You have to wonder if she would have used her time during that year to really push these changes on on, on the GS schedule, whether this cyber reskilling problem or challenge, and let's be clear, it's not just cybersecurity reskilling, it's also they're going to look at something for data scientist reskilling and other opportunities. If this could have been solved in that year, I'll say instead of maybe pushing the OPM-GSA merger, which seems ill-fated and, and doomed right now. Yeah, in other words, they didn't really look at the life cycle aspect of this reskilling program because at the other end of the reskilling is the need to get the people placed. And now they're running up against a wall. And it's unfortunate because of the need that's out there. I mean, we've, we've seen several times agencies, you know, when you talk to CIOs, Tom, you and I do this all the time. Hey, what's your biggest area of workforce needs? Invariably, it's program management, data scientists, and cybersecurity. We are speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And the bigger issue here is, and I think something Weikert has talked about, is that need for the government itself to be more agile and flexible. Anything she's thinking about in that sense, in the bigger sense? 
And I think this cybersecurity reskilling discussion falls into that bigger issue, the broader challenge. And one of the things she she did talk about was we have to the government has to understand what their customers need and when they need it, and then how to get employees in the right place to deliver those services. One of the, the, the big things she talks about is this agility in the private sector and saying how companies can't survive unless if they you know, kind of change or learn to change or, or see where the, the future is every quarter, you know, profits, right? Where, where's our profit margin going to be or where's our profit center going to be next week, next year? And the government obviously doesn't have that challenge around profitability and worrying about profits, but they have that same challenge around what, what is our citizens' expectations and what do they uh, look like as they change over time. And I think that's really why they're spending a lot of time. And, and Tom, this brings up robotics process automation because one of the things they're trying to do with reskilling is get people out of these mundane, menial tasks, these transaction-based tasks, and give it to the bots, the robots, if you will, right? And then, then the employees can really focus on those higher-end skills, those analytical skills, those things that the data is driving. And without the reskilling and without the robotics process automation, the government you know, will not be a different place like it should in the next decade. Reminds me of something Suzette Kent mentioned, the federal CIO in your interview with her, that they found one agency's program that got money from the Technology Modernization Fund because they were still doing forms in triplicate you know, with ballpoint pens and pink, yellow, and white. No, it's amazing that still exists in government. <laughs> and also, Jason, while we have you, you're writing about changes coming to the way agency progress is measured against that federal IT Acquisition Reform Act, FATARA. This is something more than just the scorecards, or can agencies expect more in the scorecards next time around? Agencies should expect more in the scorecards this next time around. Now, we know coming up probably December timeframe, I think scorecard 9.0 will, will happen. I would, my, my inclination is to say probably in June of 2020, we'll see the changes to the scorecard. I think probably this latest scorecard is probably put to bed, so to speak. At, at the same time, you know, what amazes me, Tom, and this came from a discussion at the, again, Imagination ELC conference, they had a nine-person panel. Now, you and I have been on a lot of panels. We know nine is way too many, but I have to give credit to those folks. They really did a nice job of handling it. Uh, they had formers and they had current. And one of the things that came out was some CIOs, and in, in, in the case I write about, uh, NASA's Renee Wynn, the CIO at NASA, talks about just getting some authorities that really she should have had probably four or five years ago under Fatara. For instance, all personnel that is considered IT personnel now will fall under the, the NASA CIO's office. Second, secondary, she talks about software. So all software licenses and all software is now going to fall under the NASA CIO, meaning before she'd only have a, a limited visibility, now we'll have a much broader visibility. And the mission areas just can't, if you will, willy-nilly put stuff on their networks because she says, listen, I have embedded cybersecurity experts with every mission area to ensure that cybersecurity is front and center, whether they're going to Mars or just sending satellites into space or whatever the, the, the mission is. The other piece of this is how you are how agencies are being measured under FATAR. And I think the, the point we're seeing here is the CIO Council, OMB, and GAO are working together to kind of figure out the new grading areas. And what I hear from Margie Graves, the deputy federal CIO, is they're going to look around citizen services, customer satisfaction, and mission delivery. In other words, a more broad and holistic view of FATARA, not I, simply dashboard types of scores. I think you're right in the way of it's it's embedding cyber, it's embedding program management, it's embedding IT modernization. It's not just these, if you will, one-offs. It's really, okay, how are you using 
if you will, uh, enabling the mission through IT. We hear it. We, it's an old adage, but it still rings true today. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.